This is an ABC podcast. So I was on the way to the studio this morning and I did something stupid and dangerous. So I was getting a coffee from a convenience store and though I realised there are coffee snobs out there who will say, ah, that's the stupid thing. That wasn't actually the stupid thing. So I was there in the convenience store and I pressed the button for a regular latte and I watched the beans grind up and fall into the machine and then I heard this big clunking noise. So I reached in to where the grinders are, put my hand in there and most of you listening are probably like, well, that's the stupid thing. That wasn't actually the stupid thing. Because luckily for me, the counter guy came over and unclogged the machine for me. So I got my latte and then I went to take a sip and the cap fell off and I spilt it all over myself. And it burned! And then I had to go home and change my pants. That was a stupid thing. And then it made me think. There have already been multiple incidents that could have caused me serious injury today. And it's not even 10am. So, given the dangerous lifestyle I'm living, I think it's time to straighten out my private health insurance. <coughs> the private health insurance system in Australia is stupidly complex. My name's Paul Benson. I've been a financial planner for a little over 20 years and I host the Financial Autonomy podcast. You know, people sometimes comment around, gee, my health insurance is expensive, do I need it? I'm Nazima Sain and this is The Pineapple Project. And in this episode, we're doing the back-breaking work to figure out what the story is with private health insurance in Australia. So you don't have to. But before we get into it, it might be best to start with talking about what private health insurance actually is and why it even exists. <coughs> Private health insurance is complex, and it's complex because you've got Medicare. So we've already got health insurance, right? We've all got Medicare. And then for some reason, we've got this system where you need another lot of health insurance on top of that. But we pay taxes, and one of the things we get back is Medicare. So if we have Medicare, why do we even need private health insurance? The government doesn't like spending money. The public health system costs money. So to try and get you to um, stop using the public health system, they try and entice you into using the private health insurance system instead of the public health insurance system. And they think this way they will uh, save money. My name is uh, Jody Bird, insurance expert at Choice. Okay, so private health insurance in Australia is kind of a top-up. We all get health insurance, that's Medicare, But if we want a bit more, we've got to pay a bit more. And I know, as a Pineapple Project listener, it was probably triggering to hear me say the words pay and more. But bear with me. The next question we're going to ask is how much more we've got to pay. So last time Choice ran the numbers on this, the uh, average annual cost for private health insurance was $2,853 for a single person or $5,895 for a uh, couple or family. So if you're anything like me and circus music starts playing every time someone starts saying big numbers, that's just under three grand a year for a single and just under six grand for a couple or a family every year. Feels like a lot, doesn't it? It's an especially large amount of money when we don't even know whether we really need it. For many of us, private health insurance is something we inherit from our parents, except unlike actual inheritance, it costs us money and our parents can still be alive. I always had health insurance. My family always had it. It was just something that we had growing up. I'm Jacinta Bowler. I am 28 years old and I'm a science journalist. And like many people, Jacinta was on her parents' private health cover until she became an adult. And then she was out on her own. 
And it's scary out there. You have to look at ads for private health cover, most of which just depict people having a great time in the park and seemingly not needing private health cover at all. And then, on the strength of those ads, or diligent research, whichever suits you best, you've then got to pick a provider. Or do you? Paying your own health insurance instead of your parents paying for it made me realise how expensive it was. Um, And as a 24-year-old, I realised that maybe I didn't want to pay that money to an insurance company anymore. So I quit. I was paying $132.13 a month, which now I'm a bit older. It doesn't seem like that much money, but I was 24. 25. I had just started my first job. I had a car payment to pay off. There was a lot of other things that were taking up that money. And I decided that I would be better off if I, instead of paying the insurance company every month for what I felt was not that much benefit, I decided that I was going to put the $132 into a special account so that if I needed any money for, you know, some kind of emergency dental care or things like that, I would be able to do it still. Okay, so you don't actually have to have private health insurance. But is it wise to not have private health cover? Well, that depends on many factors, including your existing health circumstances and your lifestyle. And if pain persists, please see your general health practitioner. (coughs) I drive, I play football, AFL, so that's a big one that could definitely injure me in the future. I have glasses, um, you can't see that, but I do, Um, and and contacts. So I've I've paid for my glasses and my contacts with that money. Um, I've also just had routine dental done, and I think I might have had one filling um, since I've been off my health insurance. So I've paid for that. Um, but really that money isn't so much for those things as it is for if something goes really wrong and I need to have a lot more money there to be able to pay for. And it's been a couple of years now. It's been what from 2019 to now. So I do have like, well, like a bit over a couple of grand in there to be able to use if, you know, something was to happen at football or, I was in a car accident or something like that. But even with all of those things, well, I hope that the public system will catch me if I fall and that the private health insurance just wasn't worth it for me. And whether it's worth it has to depend on how much you're paying for it. Jacinta decided, essentially, still to have private health insurance, but that she would be the private health insurer herself. That's called self-insuring. And it's not a completely new thing. It's just not a thing that many people do. Mostly because health insurance companies tend to have way more cash than we do. Surprise! And that matters because if you're going to be your own health insurer, you need money to cover yourself in case you claim against yourself. You follow? Okay, so this now broadens the decision-making palette for us a little bit. Our options now are 1. Buy private health insurance. 2. Don't buy private health insurance. 3. Self-insure. Which makes me feel like we need to know a little bit more about how private health insurance actually works. Jody Bird from Choice says there are two questions you need to ask yourself. Do you need hospital insurance or do you need extras insurance or do you need both? So a lot of us talk about private health insurance. We think of insurance when you go into hospital and that covers you in hospital and insurance when you go see the dentist and, and you know, you get a bit of money back when you go to see the dentist. But they're actually two different types of cover, the hospital insurance and the extras insurance. So once you understand that, 
then you can break it down a bit further. Let's break it down, Jody. Hospital insurance is one thing. Extras is a whole other thing. So do I need either or both? So if you have a look at a hospital insurance, for example, we all already have hospital insurance. That's Medicare. And that covers us as a public patient in the uh, public health system um, to go to hospital. Whereas if you're a private patient, that will uh, cover you if you go into a private hospital. Okay, so far so clear. We all pay for Medicare, just like we all pay for schools and roads and bizarre tourism campaigns. So that means we all get to use public hospitals, but only the private insurance types get to use the fancy private hospitals. I haven't spent a lot of time in hospitals, but I'm picturing public hospitals being like flying in economy class, seated near the toilets. And private hospitals being like flying first class on a Boeing A380, where you get served fancy drinks with little umbrellas sticking out of them. The public health system can be quite good, but the public hospital system has its drawbacks. The first one is that you don't get to choose your own doctor, so you might see a specialist outside a hospital, but they're not necessarily the people that are going to operate on you. And the other drawback is waiting periods. So you might have to wait for an elective surgery. And that really depends on what type of surgery it is. It could be a few months. It could be, you know, anything up to a year, depending on the circumstances. Okay, so public hospitals aren't actually that much like economy class. They're actually very good in Australia. We are very lucky. But you might have to wait in line because they're all so busy. Makes sense. But if you don't have many health issues or you're young and you're less likely to have many health issues, maybe that's good enough. On the other hand, even if you are young and healthy, I'm sorry to say so, but it's not always going to be that way. Okay, I'll admit it first. I am ageing. Gracefully, sure, but I am ageing. And I'm starting to feel it. And occasionally, I need to see people like physios and dentists and stuff, which aren't covered on Medicare and can be pretty damn expensive. So I reckon we need to drill into this self-insurance question a little more, and that's why we've got financial planner Paul Benson on the team. Arguably, you could elect to just self-insure, and when you need to go to the dentist or the physio or these sort of things, you just pay for it out of your savings. Now, the challenge is always, yeah, but what if you suffered something really bad and expensive early, you know, you know, before you had enough chance to build up your savings. And there's just no real good solution to that, except that at least in Australia, as I say, you do at least have Medicare. Not worth it for Jacinta, but what about the rest of us? Well, you know how sometimes people say, you do the math. Well, Paul did the math. He did the maths. I just had a look at what if you're a 20-year-old single and you wanted hospital and extras and a middle-of-the-road policy cost a bit over $25 a week, $25.17. I then had a look at, well, all right, if instead of paying that $25.17 a week, what have you invested that? And you kept doing that all the way through until age 60. Okay, so I'm banking $25 into my own health insurance fund every week for 40 years, some maths around investments and interest rates, yada, yada, yada. Now, if you ran that out through to age 60 and you never took any money out, it'd grow to 217000 $217,000? Woohoo! Bring it on! But that's a little bit misleading because, of course, things get more expensive over 40 years, right? So if I adjust that back for inflation, and I, I use 2.5%, then it's the equivalent today of about 113000 100k. Still not bad. But that's just how much money you'd have from saving your private health insurance contributions. What about all the times you need to pay for stuff that a private health insurer pays for, like 
whitening my teeth or massaging the knots from my calves. What? They get sore. Don't worry, Paul's done the math. So then I thought about, well, what if every year we took $1,000 out to cover whatever health expenses we had, going to the dentist or whatever? Well, in that case, the value grew to 45000 but once we adjusted that for inflation, it grew to almost $6,500. So with a budget of $1,000 a year for non-Medicare medical expenses, which could get eaten up pretty quickly by a couple of visits to the dentist or a pair of fancy glasses, you basically break even. Self-insuring is sounding less and less appealing. Paul also points out that this is probably an oversimplification of how the maths might play out. So I don't know, is self-insuring right for me? I mean, I feel like health insurance, like it depends on your circumstances. It depends on whether you want to get pregnant. I know that there's a lot of people that go on health insurance for that. I know that if you make a certain amount of money, it doesn't make sense anymore to not have private health insurance. There's so many different factors. But for me, at least, and most of my friends, I still think it makes sense to not have it. But I haven't had an ACL yet. So maybe come to me after that. (laughs) But that's just Jacinta. What about the rest of Australia? We ask them. Well, some of them. My preference is to save money and put it in an account in case anything happens to me. I want to be able to have choices if I need to go into hospital or see a doctor. And that's why I choose private health insurance. I worry that with private health insurance, it might only cover certain things. Whereas if I save my own money, then at least I hope that that can cover anything that might happen to me. We insure our homes um, against a range of different things. We insure our cars. We insure lots of different parts of our lives, but we don't stop insuring our homes because it's never burnt down before. I have done the numbers for health insurance and I earn enough that it makes sense for me to have it. I am afraid of not having it. I don't have any extras, I only have hospital cover, and it costs me the same as the Medicare levy. So I have it. I don't know, I don't even think about it. I know it's a big chunk of money, but it's my priority. I don't ever want to be without it. So might as well have health insurance just to make sure that you cushion the impact of the expenses whenever you get sick. The reality is, for many of us, private health insurance is A-OK, and we're willing to fork out some cash for it. But given the sheer volume of health insurance ads we're bombarded with, how do we know which cover is the one to throw our cash at? First tip, figure out what you need. The best way to get the best deal on health insurance is firstly to just write down what are the reasons why you want health insurance. If you have a specific medical condition or you worry that you, you, know, you might injure your shoulder or your knee and you might need a joint reconstruction, then you can have a look at, um, say, hospital insurance at a lower level but specifies that it covers those specific procedures. And it's worth pointing out that there can be cues to get certain surgery in the public system, but generally, if you've got something urgent that needs treating, you'll get to slide under a surgeon's knife pronto. For extras insurance, if you think you need dental or optical for your glasses, then have a look at extras that cover those specific services and just write that down. Get a real clear idea of what it is that you want. And some people might just want cover for everything, in which case you get the the top level cover. And I'm talking specifically here for hospital insurance, you would get what's called a gold level cover. Gold level cover. Sounds ideal. Sounds like there are no catches. Am I right? No. First catch, gap costs. 
In hospital insurance, for example, the biggest catch for people is what's known as out-of-pocket costs or gap costs. So, for example, if you go in as a public patient in Medicare to a public hospital, you don't pay any medical bills in the hospital. All your medical bills are covered. Your hospital stay is covered. Contrast that with private health insurance. Your hospital accommodation is covered, but often you'll find that the doctors are only covered up to a certain amount. And then after that certain amount, you then have to go and pay more money to the doctor on top of that. You kind of pay your private health insurance premiums for the privilege of then paying more to the doctor, and you don't get that with the public system. Ouch. Okay. next catch. Extras. This is where the insurers really make their money. Oh, great. Count me in. Let's make insurance companies some money. All right, let's clear up some confusion. Because we've already said that in Australia, Medicare is really like the base level health insurance that we all have access to. And private health cover is like an added extra. But then there's extras. Extras just means health insurance that covers things that aren't happening in hospital, but also aren't covered by Medicare. Things like dental, optical, physiotherapy. What you really need to do with uh, extras insurance is just have an understanding of how much do you spend on things like the dentist, the optometrist, the physio, and then have a look at what you're going to fork out in premiums over a year. OK, I'll do a quick calculation now, just to get us warmed up. I don't have extras cover, so every time I go to the physio, I pay $150 per visit. And because I'm basically an elite athlete, I go every three months. So $600 is my annual spend at the physio. But if I had extras cover, each visit would only cost me around $75 per visit, or $300 a year. However, on top of that, I've got to pay for the cost of extras cover, which is around $12 a week, or $600 a year. So overall, I'd be spending $900 a year with extras for physio. So in that example, extras cover just isn't worth it for me. For it to be worth my while, I'd have to be using extras cover to claim more than just physio. So is there a way around extras, or at least a way to spend less and get more back? So there's a few ways that you can get around that and not get extras insurance, which we advise people looking at if they're trying to save money on um, health insurance. Hospital is often more of the necessary evil, but extras insurance is not. So Jody's tip has to do with waiting periods. What are they? Well, it's in the name. You basically have to pay premiums to the insurance company for a period of time before you can actually claim on the policy. You wait for that period, but not always. Some insurers will try and entice you to buy a product by making the waiting period less. So they might say, we have a six-month waiting period for dental or sometimes even a three-month waiting period. So that can be helpful. The way this hack uh, works is that you uh, go and get out a, a uh, extras insurance policy around about 12 months before you think you might go see the dentist or buy new glasses. You pay your premiums over that 12 months, and then after it, you've served the waiting periods, you go to the dentist, you get your glasses, you go to the physio if you want, and then you cancel the policy. What you'll often find is that that's probably the only circumstance where your claims actually exceeded the premiums that you paid. Uh, and then, you know, you might need to buy glasses again or uh, go to the dentist again, you know, another year's time, and then you say, okay, 
I think I will go see the dentist again in another 12 months or six months if you can get the lesser period, and then you get another policy. So that's what I personally do. I do the, <laughs> the, the advanced hack, but I probably mostly do it just because I'm not disciplined enough to keep money in a bank account myself. Uh, if I got money in the bank account, I tend to just go and spend it. That is definitely an advanced hack. I love picturing all these advanced insurance hackers getting their teeth and eyes and calves done all in the space of a week, then cancelling their policy, then just collapsing with the taste of fluoride in their mouths and the smell of deep heat on their clothes. But there are other ways to be frugal in the world of health insurance. First, the Medicare levy. The Medicare levy surcharge, it's a federal government surcharge of 1 to 1.5%. It's applied to people who earn over $90,000 as a single or $180,000 as a couple. Um, And that's on top of the 2% surcharge that most of us already pay. Um, And that's really um, just a way of the government trying to get you to... uh, uh, high-income earners to pay more money into the public health system. Um, but if you get out um, a private hospital insurance policy, then you will avoid that surcharge. And then there's something called the lifetime health cover loading. Under 31s, listen up, put down your TikToks and take note. So the first thing to know about lifetime health cover loading is that it's kind of a silly name because it's got nothing to do with your lifetime and it's not even that much of a loading. Basically, though, When you turn 31, if you don't already have private health insurance, you'll get charged 2% more on your hospital insurance cover when you eventually do take out a policy. Got it? Now, Choice ran the geeky numbers on this. We had a look at over 85,000 different scenarios uh, of where you, say, pay that lifetime health cover uh, versus just putting the money into a bank account. Um, for 10 years because you only pay that lifetime health cover surcharge for 10 years. And we found that in 99.8% of scenarios, you will actually uh, save more money if you just put the premiums you would have otherwise have paid on a hospital insurance policy into a bank account for 10 years. Um, So the lifetime health cover charge, it's not that much to worry about really. And finally... Jody says the best way to figure out which private health policy is best for you is to compare them. But before you just start Googling wildly, heed these very important words. So there's a lot of comparison websites for health insurance. The thing to understand with comparison websites is that there's no such thing as a free comparison website. Either you're forking out for it out of your own pocket, it's what Choice does, I'll charge you to use it, or you're going to what you think of as a free comparison website, but the company who is listed on the website is paying for it and they're really just kind of glorified advertising platforms. The best kind of uh, comparison website is one that you've already paid for through your taxes, so that's a government comparison website. Health insurance has a good one, privatehealth.gov.au. You take what you've written down for your criteria for what you need for your health insurance. You go in and you enter on the website what the criteria is, it will filter on the health insurance policies that will provide that service for you, and then you just go and choose the cheapest policy that covers you there. When it comes to health insurance, I admit, it all feels like a lot. It's so confusing. So we've come up with some super simple tips to help you figure it all out. Ready? One, now this is the golden rule, figure out what you need. There are a million policies out there, but not all of them will suit you. Two, compare policies. 
Don't use a private comparison website. Use the site you're already paying for, privatehealth.gov.au. Three, extras cover can be worth it, but just make sure you do the mats first to make sure it'll be worth it for you. Four, know your levies and your loadings. You might save money by having a private health policy rather than paying more tax to the man in Canberra. And that's it. I hope you enjoyed learning about health insurance as much as I did. Who knew health insurance could be so much fun? Not me. If you had fun listening to this, why not spread the love? Tell your friends about this. We, we love it when people listen to this podcast because that is the point of this podcast. Do we even exist if no one listens? All right, I'm Nazim Hussain. You can find me on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter or TikTok or on the street. I'm very accessible. Next time on The Pineapple Project, you are beautiful. No doubt about that. But how much does it cost to look that good? We dig up some beauty hacks to keep you feeling good in mind, body and bank account. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app. Hi, journalist Matthew Condon. If you're looking for another great ABC podcast to wrap your ears around, try the podcast I host. It's called Sirens Are Coming. In this season of Dig, I'm bringing you never-before-heard tape of the Sunshine State's most crooked cops and the courageous sex workers who dared to take them on. Yeah, the next thing I turned around and he was there. Um, Glenn arrived. He said to me, you don't seem yourself today are you not well I said as, as a, I said as a matter of fact I said I haven't been well all night I said I've had a bad headache mm. and I was a bit stuttery and mm. I do get a bit stuttery when I you know when I get um, uh, nervous so he not asked me that once he asked me that twice he said I think I should drive you home today and I said no 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 not at all Dorothy handed Hallahan the money and when he walked off, the undercovers swooped. But I wanted to turn around. I wanted to see what was going on with him. It was chaos. I'd given my right arm to know what was said. Mm. And the look on his face would have been amazing, wouldn't it? Sirens are coming. You can hear it on the ABC Listen app or wherever you get your podcasts.